Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Tourism Marketing Mastery. I'm your host, Eric Hatterscheidt, and in today's episode, we're going to be interviewing a very special guest, which I'll get to in a second. Um, this guest that I'm talking about, he runs arguably one of the most well-known tourism marketing agencies in the industry, and of all of the marketing agencies that I've ever interacted with or had the pleasure, or sometimes not pleasure, of knowing, uh, he is one of the rare ones that I would actually be very very comfortable referring individuals to. Um, so I'm going to give him more of an introduction in a second, but before I do that, I actually have a, a special announcement, so to speak. Uh, he, or I suppose him and his company, have just launched one of the world's first free, as far as I can uh, gather, OTAs, so online travel agencies. And I think that's amazing because a lot of the OTAs out there, I'm not super... Um, fond of the commissions they charge. I think the commissions are way too high for what they deliver. Uh, that's my personal opinion. And so for most part, I've actually steered people away from OTAs because I just think there's other resources that you can put in time and energy too. And this individual shares that common um, interest and thought process. And so they have been working on an OTA that's essentially free and it, uh, it looks like it's going to be very, very promising. So to find that OTA, and I would absolutely encourage you to at least go and check it out, because why wouldn't you? Um, the address is tourosity.travel. So let me spell it for you just so you can definitely find it. We'll also add it into the description. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, go check out the description. We'll have it there. But it is T-O-U-R-I-O. S-I-T-Y dot travel. And so go on there, check it out. Right now, they're only accepting you onto that platform if you already have a reservations uh, system that they are integrating. And they're integrating with some pretty cool reservation systems out there, the ones that I would be recommending. Um, and they're going to be adding a number to the platform as it grows. But um, go check it out. See if, if you have a reservation system. Um, see if it integrates with that. There's no reason not to be on this platform because essentially you're not getting charged commissions. Um, it makes it's it's an it's a nonprofit. It's a nonprofit um, organization, and it justifies itself in other ways. So, um, lucky for you, what that means is that it uh, it's a platform that you don't have to worry about paying big commissions to. So t check that out. See if it integrates with your reservation system. If you don't have a reservation system, maybe check out one of the reservation systems that they are using um, because uh, the reservation systems they're partnering with right now, I would say are some of the, the best in the industry, especially if you are a small operator. So check that out. And without further ado, let's actually get into the actual interview part of this podcast, in which case I'll give a much more well-versed introduction to my guest. I'll see you guys over there. Hey, my name is Eric Hatterscheidt, and I'm part of a group of independent tourism operators that you've probably never heard of. We deliver experiences that are beyond a photo shoot. When they're not, we're actually have to change our guests' lives. But because we don't have unlimited budgets like the big brands, we have to think differently. We have to be clever with our marketing. We need to reach our audiences to make the impact, but we also need to be profitable right from the start. Unfortunately, traditional education is about 20 years behind, and they aren't teaching us what we need to know. So we've decided to take matters into our own hands. We're sharing marketing tactics that work today because we are experienced masters and what we do matters. Hey 
Hey there, and welcome back to the Tourism Marketing Mastery Show. I'm your host, Eric Hatterscheidt, and today I've got an amazing guest on the show. His name is Chris Torres, and Chris is an incredible tourism marketer. Uh, if you look up tourism marketing, he's most likely going to be the number one person that comes into your screen on the space because not only is he amazing at marketing other uh, outside tourism companies, but he's great at marketing his own company as well. He's one of the few marketers out there that I've actually seen practice really well what he preaches. And you can see that uh, in the space, he's created not only a ton of content, but he's created a lot of trust and loyalty within the tourism market. And he is a powerhouse when it comes to actually providing value. So I'm excited to have him on the show today. Chris, how are you? I'm very well, Eric, how are you yourself? <laughs> I'm good. Pretty good. Um, we both live in countries that are traditionally fairly cold and stormy, and it is actually cold and stormy here right now. Um, what's it like in Scotland? Um, believe it or not, we are having a bit of a mini heat wave at the moment. Oh. So the last, the last, which is unusual, um, the UK has had the warmest April and start of June on record. So it's, uh, I actually have a little bit of sunburn <laughs> before we <being> out <laughs> in the garden. So, which is unusual for Scotland, but, uh, but no, can't complain. No, uh, we're in lockdown, but at least I can enjoy the garden and sit oh, in sunshine. I think you guys must have stolen our weather because we're having the coldest year on record. So <laughs> I'm a little bit jealous. I'm not going to lie. Um, all right. Well, without further ado, why don't we let's jump into today's uh, topic, Chris. So the reason that I brought Chris on is because Chris has a phenomenal insight specifically into how to utilize uh, direct marketing, bringing in bookings directly to a company without relying exclusively on OTAs or third parties. And Chris has some stats that blew me away when I first saw them in terms of the return on investment that you get. Um, with the marketing campaigns that, that they are putting to together, or at least the potential uh, return on investment that they get. So we'll, we'll get into that later in the interview. So stay tuned for what kind of return on, on your marketing dollar you can see within this space. But before we get into that, I think it's important to lay some foundations for what we're gonna be discussing. And some, we're gonna illustrate some, some points where there are some myths and misconceptions in this space and if you have some confusion around digital marketing or Facebook marketing specifically, which I think we all do, then you're going to want to listen to the rest of this interview. So Chris, I'm going to jump into things here. Um, as I mentioned, there are a lot of myths and misconceptions out there um, when, it comes to, when it comes to digital marketing in general, but when it comes to Facebook marketing uh, specifically, what are some common things that you've seen having worked with the number of clients that you've worked with uh, in the industry? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, there's probably two or three points I, I can I can raise with that one. Um, usually, the first issue that people have within the tourism space when they when they use Facebook ads is they've tried it once, think it's rubbish, and never try it again. Um, and it's usually just down to not utilizing the platform properly or or using the right demographics, the right target audiences on Facebook. Um, no, Facebook make it very easy for people to create an ad and publish it out there or boost a post but ultimately that's not the best method of doing things no you have to look into your actual demographics look into your target audiences should they be male should they be female age groups all these different things before you even consider running any facebook ads but again facebook ad, facebook makes it very easy for people to do so because uh, ultimately they just want your money at the end of the day um so usually that's the first issue that i, that I come across is people just generally try it once and never go back to it because they don't think it works 
Mm. Um, and, and the other issue I see time and time again is, and don't get me wrong, this can work to a certain extent, certain extent but normally people will just create an ad purely based on a product, promote that on Facebook, and they may get one or two sales, but more often than not, it doesn't actually produce anything. The, the, the issue with Facebook or any social media platform is no one goes onto those platforms to buy a product. That is not what they're there for. They're there to look at what their friends are doing, what their family are doing, look at funny stories in the news feeds, and ultimately that's what it's for. So you have to take your customer along a different journey to, like any form of marketing, know and trust your brand. Uh, so having an ad just to promote a product doesn't normally work. You, know, you know, normally have to take people to a high value piece of content, you know, show them why you are good at what you do, show them if, if you're a tourism business, again, show them the experience that that person could have if they take out one of your products. So it's more about content and driving content and raising that awareness about your brand. And then further down the line, once they've interacted with your business, a few more, uh, a few more touch points um, and a few more ads, then you can ask for the sale, uh, but not initially. You no, know, people will, won't really buy from you from the first ad they see of you promoting a product. So that's usually the other big one that, that people get wrong as well. Interesting. So if you don't mind, let's go a little bit further down that path. Um, when you say that you can't just put an ad directly in front of them, what do you put in front of them? Uh, is there a sequence of, of different kinds of ads that you kind of walk them through to get them to that spot where they are uh, interested enough to click on the button? Yeah, for sure. Um, so we, we call it a Facebook funnel. Um, I hate to use the word funnel because that actually puts people off, but uh, it's, it's, the only, it's the only word I can think of uh, to make it, uh, to, to, to explain what it is. But basically, a Facebook funnel can be anything from three to as many ads as you wish. So uh, usually the sweet spot is about five, five, maybe six ads at the most. But the first ad is always a brand awareness ad. So you're driving people to a high value piece of content. So you want them to get onto a landing page, as many of your target audience as possible, onto that landing page to read something of value to them. Again, you're, the thing about the content is you've got to offer them something of value, something that answers a, an, a, an issue to, or a, answers a problem that they may have, or something that that customer is, is ultimately looking for, or, or, or maybe has been looking for in the past whether that's a tour or accommodation or anything like that. So, but not to sell that product, it's again, it's to, like a travel guide, not offer something of value that might excite that potential customer. From then you might lead them on to more ads to sign them up to an email newsletter. Again, it's adding value. That could be a downloadable PDF guide. You no, know, we're doing one just now for a, a food tour company and they download a, a cookbook. Um, so they can download that and cook recipes at home. Um, again, um, because we're in a lot of uh, destinations are in lockdown, people can't visit these restaurants, so they're gonna actually cook these things at home and they're doing a campaign around that with a hashtag that they can post their disasters or, or any, uh, any, anything they could put online in terms of any, anything they've cooked, whether it's good or not. Yeah. Um, and again, they're just doing that just to add a little bit of sense of fun. And again, it's not selling a product, it's just raising awareness letting people know that you're here, um, generating a little bit of fun, excitement. So things like that can be done as well as an email marketing list to send out uh, emails to them as, as more travel guides type thing. And then when you get to the sort of third and fourth ad, that's when you're maybe sort of saying, okay, here's, we'll show you a video of, of an experience. Again, 60 seconds, again, showing the highlights, showing what you can offer that potential customer. And then once you've had that many touch points, that's when you can maybe start softly asking for the sale. 
I'm sort of saying, are you interested? Did you like what you see? Are you interested in taking out one of our products? Again, not being purely sales focused or no promotions or anything like that. Just again, gently easing them into a sale. And ultimately, if they like what they see and they like what you do, and they can you can show your worth and show your trust. You know, having your TripAdvisor reviews on there on various bits of content, things that make you seem a trustworthy company, that is when they're more likely to buy further down the line. So it might take a f- three, four, five touch points, but that's when you normally ask for the sale after that. So you've got this system that uh, it seems that you've dialed in. How did you how did you figure out that this was the system to use within tourism? Or maybe it's just the system to use in general. Just just experience, no, um, no. But don't get me wrong. Like any any agency and any business, though, we have also tried just posting up ads on Facebook or these other platforms to sort of see how they perform. And yeah, you might get the odd inquiry or the odd booking. But what then? Then I found that by doing it this method, it was, it was more just by testing to sort of see mm-hmm. what would work. Um, and by testing um, the funnel with a few clients, then it seemed to work and we, we refined it. Um, uh, we, we do a, a funnel specifically for each client. So how the content and how the funnel works is, isn't always going to be the same for every single client. Um, the number of ads depend, no, it just depends on who you are. Like a day tour company, for example, the funnel would be a lot shorter than a multi-day tour company because yeah. they've obviously a lot, a lot longer buy-in time so, uh, or lead-in time. So it just depends, but by having some sort of funnel like that to excite people, it does tend to tend to work. So for a day tour ad, for example, uh, or a day tour company, sorry, um, they you tend to target outside of destination. For So if you know where your customers basically come from, so if you're in the UK and you know you get lots of American customers, so you would target America, um, to excite them. The thing about day tour uh, companies, for example, is no one really buys a day tour ahead of time. They'll buy in destination. They'll buy a day, either on the day or the day before, or mm. uh, that they yeah. are in that destination. Um, no one likes to have their schedule tied up that quickly for um, that much for a day tour. So, but what you can do is prep them. So when they do know, they'll, they'll know about your business, they'll know what you do, etc. Mm. And that's a good thing about Facebook is you can target people who are maybe looking at coming to your destination or, or frequent travelers or have an interest in a particular destination and then you can excite them that way. So when they do come, they'll remember, they'll remember your brand and then hopefully book from you at that point. So day tours is a little bit different, but for multi-day tours that you have a lot longer uh, lead-in time, you can give them lots of really good viable content. And then when they buy, you can continue that content even after they purchase as well, because normally when you buy a day tour, a day tour, it's usually six months in advance or maybe even longer. So you can even give them more content while they wait. So, You know, I'm gonna, it sounds like I'm going to shift gears here a little bit, but it's, it's really down the same path. I can tell that you, in the tone of your voice, I can tell that you, know, you believe in what you're doing and you're excited about, about the process that you have within Facebook. Is there, or I should say, was there a point in time where you had your own kind of aha moment with Facebook specifically where you're, because I know that you've been um, involved in some capacity, um, some capacity or another, you've been involved in, in marketing for quite a while, marketing branding. Mm-hmm. There must have been some point for you where you discovered the power of Facebook um, and, and had some kind of aha moment. Is that true? Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I suppose I did. No, when, I, when I saw the, um, when we saw the results for one of our clients that we produced this phone for um, as a test. No, they were, they were, it was a great client. They, they were one of the first ones we did this on. 
um, and, and it produced amazing results. So that's when we decided, okay, this is there's something here. Mm. Uh, and we started looking more and more into it. And that was the aha moment. It was, it was sort of saying, okay, you don't actually need to spend a lot of money on these ads. Um, you know, $5 a day in some cases for, for some of these ads. Um, that's per ad, but still, um, but it still comes in lower than the cost of a typical day tour. So yeah. per day, which the grand scheme of things is, is nothing if you're getting lots of leads in. Um, but that's the thing about Facebook is it's not just about the... Yes, bookings are obviously important and, and you're building that up and that, you know, people need to build up that revenue, especially nowadays. But ultimately, you're building up future customers as well because you, you will always have that data or Facebook will have that data that you can then target people who were interested in you initially and then you can target them further down the line. So it's, it's always creating and, uh, and adding more and more and more people to your, your target audiences and to your custom audiences within Facebook that you can then target going forward. So the more data that you can collect doing that on Facebook, the better it will be in the months to come. Um, because uh, for people listening, they may not realize this, but if you are creating email um, or, or generate email lists from Facebook and, and collecting that data, or just in general collecting email data, you can then upload that all into Facebook. You can then create custom audiences and Facebook can target those people from, uh, if it finds them on Facebook with that email address, can target those people on Facebook. But not only that, if you have um, I think there's roughly about a thousand people from the same destination um, on the list. If you upload that as well, you can then create a lookalike audience. So yeah. Facebook can find people with the same interests, the, the same people who were interested in you originally. You can even add values to this. So if you had past customers, you can add the monetary value to each and every single one of them. Upload that information into Facebook and Facebook will find people who have similar interests and will probably spend the same amount of money and target them with your ads as well. So that's why email marketing lists and, and having a Facebook ad that builds that up and helps you build your email marketing list and helps you build your audiences is vitally, vitally important. Um, not just for now, but for future. The, the concept that you've got there is huge in terms of the, the opportunity that's, that's within that. Um, I, I firmly believe that this is still an opportunity where we'll look at this 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road and say, I can't believe we could have built up an audience that cheaply. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, this, Facebook for me is where Google ads was 10 years ago or yeah. however long it was. Yeah. So no, Facebook is the cheapest at the moment is the cheapest and most targeted platform out there um, by, by far. Um, no, the amount of data that Facebook holds is incredible. <laughs> it really is. It's frightening, but it's for, from a marketing person's point of view, it's, it's incredible. Um, you'll never find another platform as cheap as it. No, Twitter ads are, in my opinion, a waste of time. LinkedIn, mm -hmm. LinkedIn ads are a waste of time. There's only two good platforms for advertising, in my opinion, is Google ads and Facebook. And the good thing about Facebook at the moment is it's one of those platforms where the, the large online travel agents or and companies like that don't really touch. No, they tend to focus purely on Google ads and mm -hmm. they may do the odd little Facebook campaign here and there, but they hardly touch it. So it's one of the platforms where a lot of tourist businesses, whether accommodation or tour operators, can still gain traction on. And that's why if you're not already doing it, Facebook ads is the way to go and at least build up those audiences just now while it is still relatively cheap. Um, no, we're just, I was just doing some stats just now. I'm creating a report for, for a client in San Francisco um, and for, for, for her to target um, her food tour business. It was a small business, but for her to target her food tour business with people in and around her area. Oh, uh, he's been lost. 
हेलो हेलो एंड बैक <laughs> Sorry about that. You were just getting to the crux of that story, and I was like, oh, "This is gonna be good." And then I, I uh, popped out for whatever reason. I just dropped connection. Oh, back. Jim just does that sometimes. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, oh, go back a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just doing a a, a report just now for a, a food tour company in San Francisco. Um, though very small company, spending five dollars a day on a, a few ads. Um. And I'm just actually, as I say, I'm writing the report just now. And for uh, for her business to target her demographics, which is mostly women, um, this is actually for a Father's Day box. Um, so oh, for a Father's Day food box uh, at the moment, um, she can target people in a local area um, for as little as 19 cents per click, which is insane. incredible. Um, yeah. Which is insane for. And if you think, you no, know, San Francisco, it's a highly competitive area. Yeah. Um, it's, there's a lot of tour companies there, food tour, bike tours, you name it. Um, so for 19 cents, I urge anyone who can find a better cost per click on any other platform or marketing. If you get it cheaper, great. And that's that's the good thing about Facebook as well. The most the more Facebook learns about what you're trying to do hmm. uh, and about your ads, and as long as you refine your ads and, and follow Facebook's guidelines, so Facebook will tell you if your ad is performing above average or below average or whatever. So if it is below average. Tweak the ads, tweak the content, tweak the images or the video. Try and get that average score up, which means your cost per click will come down. So the better you can make your ads, the cheaper it will become. Um, no, previous month our, our ads were fifty-eight cents per click, and now we're going to down to nineteen. We hope to get that down a little bit further, but it's that's what Facebook can be. It's the cheapest form of advertising that is out there, and you can be super, super targeted with it as well. Which tells me that. You don't want to play this game where you just you jump in, try a few ads, and then get out. Even if it works for you, even if you happen to be that lucky few where you just jump in and you get it to work for you, you definitely want to keep keep playing that game. Um, or if you find someone that really knows what they're doing, case in point, Chris Torres, um, then you definitely want to to make sure that you're leveraging that that expertise and, and continuing that ad spend to bring it down and continue building that audience. And one thing that I want to address that is also a major misconception here is. You know, the most common thing that I actually hear from tourism operators is, "Oh, we're full. We're we're full for this this next few months or this season. Um, why would we want to continue to market? Do you want to Do you want to touch on that question? Well, Before I think the current yeah yeah I, I, it's it's a very good question, and I think the current climate can answer that one. To be honest, um, whether you are busy or not. You should always have some form of marketing going on out there because no one knows what's around the corner. No, having a, even if you're just running a Facebook ad just as a brand awareness ad, just to let people know you're here, ask them to sign up to an email marketing list, whatever that would be. Something as simple as that doesn't need to be selling a product. You should always be doing something because uh, again, no one knows what's around the corner. No, we've had this COVID virus hit us. A lot of businesses are now thinking, okay, I don't have anybody to market to in terms of. Potentially asking them to take out tours, whether it's later in the year or in 2021 or whatever that would be. Um, especially those who are really heavily reliant on OTAs, who don't really get much of the data, because which a lot of people may or may not know is if someone books through TripAdvisor until or any other, whether it's Get Your Guide or Booking.com or whatever. Normally, what happens is if somebody makes a booking, the other company at the side of it who's actually taking it, that person out in that product or experiencing that product, doesn't get that data. Until they've at least experienced your product, 
so mm. after the after the fact so for all these people who have uh, had so many bookings through these companies but they've all been refunded because of covid they won't have got those wouldn't have got that data so they can actually email the, the, the customers and say look can you postpone can you do this can uh, you do that so without that data you're basically lost so you should never stop collecting data um, you should never stop marketing to get that data with even if it's just an email address and a name that is enough for a lot of things to upload stuff into facebook that's all you need just get as much of that as possible never stop marketing for, for at least that aspect of it um i'm gonna i'm gonna take that point which is is absolutely key is having having that potential customer base um, as well as your customer base mm -hmm. growing those lists um, and i'm going to translate that into what that looks like as a as a resort um, co-owner what that really means is if you continue to market and you continue to build a list even when you're full that's the most powerful thing that you can do um, Actually, I literally just had this conversation with my mother who's because uh, we own this resort together with my mm -hmm. my family my mom and dad were the original purchasers and now I help them run it and Because of this COVID thing. Um, it's been interesting for us. We're in a unique situation where we are we're full um, We did some some interesting marketing things in the beginning of the year. We used Facebook um, And we're full and my mom was like we got an opportunity from someone um, a local digital publication that said, Hey, we want to, we want to promote you guys for free. Basically. Um, would you be interested in that? And my mom was like, well, we're full. Why do we need to do that? And I was like, okay, I have to give her this lecture again, which says it's the simple law of economics, supply and demand. Mm -hmm. If we're already full and people are calling us and we have to say, Hey, you have to book a year in advance. If you're, if you want to get in, that drives the price up and it has for us for the last five years we've utilized that as a concept and our price on average goes up anywhere between 10 to 25 percent a year which means we're far higher priced than anyone else in the market um, and i'm just illustrating that point for anyone else like anyone that's listening to this right now don't get stuck in that trap of thinking oh we're full so i don't need to continue marketing that's that's a terrible s mindset to be in because there's always opportunity to either scale or increase prices based on on the mm -hmm. demand so um, you're going to get that return on investment, even if you're full. Yeah. But Not just that, no, especially if you're doing, you know, if it was a PR piece or something along those sort of lines, like you're mentioning, that's something that's always going to be online. So the yeah. longer that that's online for, uh, and I'm going to switch tact here and talk about a little bit about SEO, but as long as that's online, the, or the longer it's online, the more SEO juice that your website is going to get from, from the backlink from that. Yeah. So if that's, when that's on for two or three years, that, just is just going to increase, increase, increase the quality score of your website. So never stop an opportunity like that from happening. Yeah. <laughs> Whether yeah. you're busy or not. There's no reason to say no to that. Um, yeah. I mean, if they were like, oh yeah, it's going to be 10 grand, then different story. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah for yeah, an yeah. essentially a, a free piece of marketing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's worth looking at. Anyway, so I didn't want to make that about us. I just wanted to take what Chris was saying and translate that to here's what that looks like in the real world if you actually practice this. Um, Another, uh, another question that I thought would be interesting to explore here is within the tourism market, this is my perspective. This is just from the, the individuals that I've talked to and I've engaged with, but I would actually say that the majority of the tourism businesses that I've had conversations with, whether that's an activity provider, tour provider, lodge, resort, island, whatever, um, the majority actually don't advertise on Facebook, which surprises me. 
I know that there's this, this sense of like, oh, we tried that once and it works. Do you, from your perspective, is there anything else? Are there any other reasons why someone just isn't capitalizing on it? Easy investment? Yeah. Um, and and to, to be blunt, it's because people um, want to do something like Google ads or something like that because they expect it's going to generate them revenue as quickly as possible. That's mm-hmm. usually what it just comes down to. So, and I get that though, I'm a business owner myself. You want to generate revenue for your business to sustain it, to grow it, everything else. But sometimes you do need to take a bit of a, a back seat and sort of say, okay, think more long-term. Mm. Uh, and that's not to say you can't get quick sales on Facebook. You can. Um, but it's, it's thinking Facebook can take a little bit longer to get that sale. And that's what most people that I've came across tend to be put off with. They, they, some people get it, don't get me wrong, but mm. others tend to think, no, I need money now. And that's usually because the, the, the thing about, any business, whether it's a tour business, hotel business, and when they approach an agency like mine's, it's usually because something is broken, something hasn't worked, or they are worrying about their revenue. That's usually what happens. Yeah, um, It's because they need to increase the revenue straight away. They want to get bookings. They want to get that. And unfortunately, that's usually the wrong time to come to an agency. It's not to say an agency can't help, but it's usually the wrong time because they're that they have one goal and that's to generate revenue. Whereas, and I've actually created a podcast on this in the past, but no marketing agency can can guarantee anybody re, uh, uh, bookings. Uh, if anybody does say that, they're lying to you. Um, no, what an agency's job is, is to give you every opportunity and guarantee you leads uh, and inquiries. That is what they should be. And every opportunity to get those bookings, but the actual bookings themselves, no agency can because what, Agencies aren't, for, for some agencies, not in charge of your website, they're not in charge of booking platforms, they're not in charge of how your sales team conducts, with, uh, conducts themselves with your customers. There's too many things out there that we are not yeah. in control of. So, oh, uh, yeah. but, so but, uh, but that's usually when it comes down to it. It's usually saying, oh, we need money now. Uh, and that's usually when they, that's when they start approaching agencies like myself. And there's a kernel within that that says, if they're struggling that much, there's, there's potential. This isn't always the case, but there's potential mm-hmm. that the offer itself needs to be adjusted. So in other words, you know, you as an agency can't control what the end product is. So sometimes mm-hmm. they need to work on what does that look like? Um, exactly. It could be down to the product. It could just be down to, you know, we, we've, we've worked with some companies in the past, I won't make, mention names, who have had absolutely terrible reviews um, mm-hmm. and, and trying to get them bookings was hard. <laughs> Trust yeah. me. Um, so that it comes down to a whole bunch of other things that could... All, all just combined together. It could be small little things, it could be big things, but ultimately, you know, I, I think every business can generate bookings through Facebook or other methods online. But businesses who don't, like you were mentioning there, it could just be down to the content, it could just be down to how the, they might just be targeting the wrong audience. No, yeah. to give you a prime example, um, one of the companies we were helping in Ireland, they, when they first approached us, and a big thing of what we do is do a lot of research before we take anybody on for marketing. So one of the first steps every customer goes through is it's a one-off project. We do the research. They can take a research and go with anyone they like or do it themselves, but that research has to be done. Mm. Um, because we worked with this company in Ireland. We, what they said that their target audience was the over 50s market. Um, uh, that's where they saw most of their customers from um, and mostly Americans. But actually, when you looked at their Facebook analytics and their followers, when you looked at their Google analytics and a whole host of other things, you actually found that half of the traffic their website was getting was from 25 to 34-year-olds. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so people were coming on uh, at that age range, but they were actually bouncing straight back off again because the content wasn't right for them. Right. So uh, that left them two options. This is what this is the good thing about doing that research. It can spark opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's, it gave them two options: do we change? Uh, are, are we targeting sort of the, the wrong demographics, or do we change the content uh, and create new products for the the audience who are obviously they like yes they like yeah they're looking in, uh, at our products in, in the first instance. And that's exactly what they did. They created new products for the younger age range. They actually created two sub-brands and their business exploded because they are actually they had products there that can cater for the audiences that were coming to them anyway, 50% yeah. of their traffic. So it was, it was an easy thing for them to just create new products. It was basically the same products, maybe with a little bit more energetic walks and slightly higher hills in, in Ireland, whatever that would be. Yeah. Uh, but it, they loved it though, and that generated extra business for them. And that's the beauty of knowing this data within Facebook and the data within Google Analytics from the stuff that you bring to your website and you create and the email list that you create. Um, that's data. It comes down to data at the end of the day. And that's, that's all important. I see that as being a crutch for a lot of businesses is that they, they see that component as, as too complicated to even delve into is oh, to even look into the data and, I can understand your thought process around that because you're thinking, oh, it just it's a lot of numbers and things on the computer I don't understand. However, I would argue that it's worth paying a fair amount of money. I know that's not a that's not a concrete statement, but it's worth paying a good amount of money to know what that data is because there are often there's there's a there's a a golden opportunity within that data. Um, case in point, I know for us we we looked into the data for google analytics and we found that when people were searching for us those key terms one of the key terms that people were searching uh really high on the list was cabins with hot tubs and we didn't have hot tubs but also knowing that nobody else in the area had hot tubs with their cabins either i mean there's lots of places that had hot tubs but not necessarily cabin with a hot tub so we said oh unique opportunity here well, guess where the most lucrative bookings come from for us now? Well, we put a hot tub mm-hmm. in or put hot tubs in and, and now, you know, now that's where. Uh, that's amazing what a hot tub does. Yeah. yeah. Amazing what it does. Me, me but, and my wife, my, anytime we stay in Scotland or go down south uh, to England, the first thing my wife says, it has to have a hot tub. Yeah. So the, so. It's, uh, which, I mean, it sounds so obvious, but at the time, and this is a little while ago now, um, mm-hmm. at the time, it wasn't something that was really on our radar. It was like, uh, it, and it was like, it would be, it would have been a guess unless we saw mm-hmm. it in the data and said, there's a huge market out there. A ton of people are asking for this. Um, yeah, let's, let's put it in anyway. Um, so that was a really, really key point. One thing I didn't want to miss in this interview, Chris was, um, if you don't mind, we've talked about some of these components, like here's what the steps are, um, that you need to go through to capture attention and move that into a booking. Uh, here's how you capture an audience, why it's important to continue advertising and looking at, at the data. That's important. Putting all of these things together. If you don't mind giving us a little bit of a summary of the case study that you showed the other day, I don't know if you will remember that off the top of your head, but I think it's important for any of the listeners to know I was, it was impressive for me to see what can you, what can you potentially get for return on investment? Um, if you're putting X amount into ads, what have you, what have you seen in return in reality? So this isn't the theory, theory scenario. This is an actual case study, um, which I'm going to assume is not necessarily an anomaly case study. It's, it's, I'm, I'm sure you've got better and worse scenarios, but it's something that 
foreseeably, you know, you can replicate if you, if you focus on Facebook ads. Can you walk us through what that? Um, yeah, sure. So um, this was actually for that um, similar client in Ireland. So they wanted to promote Skylake Michael, which is a, an island off Ireland, which is not easy to say. <laughs> um, and this, that was the island that was used in the recent Star Wars films. So there was a bit of interest, um, etc., within it. So we created uh, two landing pages, um, ultimately. Um, one was to uh, aimed at people who love Star Wars, but also had an interest in Ireland and had obviously Americans with expats, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then the second ad was similar targets, but who didn't have a care for Star Wars. It wasn't really something that they, they, they cared about. So we had those two landing pages up and we drove two ads. It, uh, each ad was $10 or 10 euros um, mm -hmm. and that drived people to one of those pages. From there, we had uh, another ad, which was asking people to sign up to travel guides. So this is where the owner um, was providing information about Ireland, about uh, what you can experience when you're over there. But these were just plain text emails with his email signature at the bottom. So it looked as if it came from his email address, even though it was all automated in the background. It was pre-written ahead of time and it gets sent out once per week. Yeah. Um, so he, we set that up. People signed up for that as well. And that was targeting people who landed on the landing page but did not sign up for the email marketing list. And you can do all that through Facebook pixels and everything yeah. else, which is another podcast in itself. So um, from there, a third ad was a video showing highlights of scaling Michael, what you would experience when you were there. It lasted about 60 seconds. And then the last ad, so we only did four ads for this one. The last ad was the sales ad. But again, not overly sales focused. Another little video, uh, some, in fact, no, this one was a carousel ad, sorry, and showing some images and sort of saying, if you're interested, we'll find out more, took to the product page, they could buy the product if they wish. So it was those four ads. First, ad, first two ads on the landing pages were $10 each a day. The other ads were $5 or five euros a day. Yeah, so not overly expensive whatsoever. Yeah. So that ran from the 26th of December, because um, usually the day after, and for anyone who's listening, Normally what happens is, is the day after Christmas Day is, for a lot of destinations, is a big day when people start looking for trips and holidays abroad. Yeah. So you should always have something up for Boxing Day onwards. Uh, so uh, so 26th of December, that ran until, I think it was the 15th of March, just before COVID, or when the restrictions really came in. So it was about three months. So in total, they spent just over 1,600 euros. Um, I don't know the conversion of a thousand dollars, but just over sixteen hundred euros. But they made back, uh, and the caveat on this is, is they're a multi-day tour company, so they had a higher value price ticket. Mm -hmm. um, they made back just over eighty thousand euros in sales from a sixteen hundred spend. It was over a four and a half thousand percent return on investment, um, and that was purely all from Facebook. <laughs> so, if you're listening to this, I need to illustrate that again. That's over over. 4,000% return. It was something like 4,600 and something or other. Percent. Yeah. So, so I mean, the numbers are mind boggling. Like you don't see that in any other um, investing industry. Like, you know, most of the places where you invest your money, if you're getting 10% on your dollar, you're saying, oh, that's pretty good. Now I understand that you want a fairly reliable source of investment, but I'm also going to argue that Facebook is in a lot of ways, a fairly reliable source of investment. Um, you put the money in and of course you have to have the time, either your own time or you find somebody that knows what they're doing like Chris. And there, 
there's a good chance that you're going to get the money back in spades if you have a good offer and you, you know what you're doing and you market it properly. So even if you completely failed that campaign, for instance, and you only ended up with a 100% return, that's still much better than you're going to get on your money in most other places. So it's absolutely, if, you, if you've got the money in your business, you're saying, hey, we've got some money, where should we spend this for the best return on investment? Facebook really should be um, one of those things that's at the top of your list. So with that, Chris, I'm going to ask the question, you know, there's going to be a number of listeners on this uh, call or sometimes uh, there might be watchers here if you're on YouTube. And the question is going to be, how do I know whether I'm a good fit to like, at what point am I supposed to be doing this myself? And when should I transition to looking at when does it make sense to bring on someone like you that's an agency? Um, because if I'm, let's say I'm a micro operator in Indonesia or Africa, or well, it doesn't have to be those countries. You can be a micro operator in, in Canada or the States or Scotland or whatever. And you're like, well, I'm only making, the whole company is making $50 a day. So it, like at that point, does it make sense to bring on an agency? I don't know. Probably uh, so, not. Yeah, if, so, if they're only making $50 a day, probably not, yeah. <laughs> to, to be honest. Um, and, and the thing about my, no, some agencies might, but the thing about my agency, um, is if they're making $50 a day, that there wouldn't be much an agency can do with that, to be honest. Um, and it, I wouldn't even say it was affordable for, for a lot of businesses. So $50 no, a and day. That's, that's, that's my question is, what's that transition point? Where is it? Where does it make sense to come to you? Um, what's your qualification for, hey, I know I can help you at this at this point. And I know there's a gray zone in there, but roughly, yeah. I'm trying to get people to I, understand when, when they should give you a call. Yeah, I would say a few... There's a couple. Of, there's a couple of points to that. One is ultimately, as a business owner, do you have the time to spend doing Facebook ads and mm -hmm. running that? Um, that's obviously another big thing. I know business owners, even myself included, we wear we wear many many hats uh, in terms of running a business. Um, but as my business coach always says, you no, know, try and hire people uh, doing a various task better than you can. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately what's going to grow your business. Yeah. So, if you want to spend more time running a business and actually doing the things that matter in your business, hire someone to do the Facebook ads. No, you can get freelancers out there. You can get people who can do it for a hundred dollars or a hundred pounds or whatever that would be so often. But if you really want an expert to do it right um, and the methods that I mentioned, though we can do Facebook funnels from $200 upwards. It really doesn't need to be overly expensive per month. Mm -hmm. um, that's our time for managing it. It doesn't really obviously include any ad budget, but if you're going to have any ad budget into this, you really want to have, I would say, maybe $400 a month at the very least um, to sort of make any go of it. But if you can get spend $400 uh, on advertising through Facebook and it's done right, guarantee anyone, and I hate, I don't, don't guarantee anything, uh, which I just said earlier, but guarantee that will give you a really good return um, yeah. in terms of what you're trying to do. As long as it's targeted right, don't get me wrong, like any form of marketing, there's always a little bit of test and measure. You have to make sure that you're hitting the right demographics and the research will help towards that. Um, but once you've done that and you know the ads are running fine and you spend a small amount of that budget initially to make sure that the ads are performing well, um, Facebook is giving you the feedback about that after Usually after a couple of weeks, Facebook will tell you that they're above average, below average, they're performing well, they're limited by budget, whatever that would be. Then that's when you can start increasing your budget when you think that, okay, this is actually looking at it's going to have some traction. You increase the budget a little bit more and you keep doing that and keep doing that until you're, you're at a more comfortable place. You just want to get a fine balance of good costs per click, lots of people coming to your website, bookings coming in, but not spending too much money and getting that balance right. So that's that's where yeah. an agency can spend that time though. 
we we look at every single account that we manage every single day. Um, it's a little bit like watching the stock market. You no, know, you're looking mm. at it every single day. You're making sure that it's performing. Is there anything that you can tweak and change during that time? And just making sure that it is being as effective as it possibly can be. And that's what an agency does. Or they should be doing day in day out for each one of their customers. And that's that's the value that we bring. And that I, I'm going to illustrate that point as well. I have had the opportunity of of either watching other agencies work or um, I've a lot of the customers or clients, I should say that we've consulted for in the past, they've come to us because they've gone to agencies and they said, Hey, we spent a hundred thousand dollars with this agency last year and we got zero return on investment. And I actually know from personal experience as well. We've also, we've brought on agencies and I say, Hey, like, what are you doing? And often they're monitoring that account maybe once a month. Um, and they're like, oh, maybe we should fix things. Maybe we should tweak them. And um, there's not always transparency in in what the results are of those campaigns either. And so, unfortunately, that exists. It shouldn't. It doesn't need to exist anymore. Um, in it does. Measure marketing. It, it, yeah, it really does, and it and it really makes every pretty much every company that comes to me have had some sort of bad experience, and it mm. makes my job really hard <laughs> to try and convince people to to come on. But to give you anyone who's listening who's maybe using an agency just now or, or anything like that, no, you should be getting monthly reports. Mm. It should state exactly what you've spent, what the what the KPIs of that that, that marketing campaign has been. Have you reached those KPIs? Uh, has it been successful? You should get that every single month, and the agency should be on the phone to you, running through that report and actually saying this is what it means and everything. Because sometimes when people get reports, it's just full of gobbledygook that no one really yeah. understands. So it's taking your customers through. This is what you've made. This is what you've spent, et cetera, et cetera. And just going through it very plain English uh, as much as possible. Every agency should be providing that. So if you're not getting that just now, though I have worked in agencies in the past, um, it's one of the reasons why I set up my own agency because I know how bad they can be at times. Um, but you should be getting those reports every single month. You should know every single number that's been spent and being made from your agency. Um, and, and that's what we provide our customers so they know exactly what they're getting. Uh, so... What that, I mean, really what that, that tells me, the thought that's coming to my mind here is there's no reason, if you, if you have the potential to spend an ad budget starting at, let's say five, well, probably no more than that, let's say uh, minimum 600 bucks a month. I don't know if that's, that's fair, but that tells me that there's no reason not to have a conversation with somebody like you because I'm going to go ahead and say that there's going to be very few business owners out there who have the time and capacity to learn the in-depth um, things that they can be doing with Facebook. Facebook's a super powerful tool, but part of that power comes with a lot of complexity in the way that you can set up those campaigns and who you target and all of those things. So it's not used, it's, in my opinion, it's not worth learning all of that if you have a business to run on top of that. Um, so it's worth watching videos. It's worth watching mm -hmm. a Udemy, no, type of thing where you, you, you get a sense of how it works. No, any business owner should, when you're doing any form of marketing, so no agency or no other guru or expert can sort of pull the wool over your eyes and say, oh, this and that, and you just don't know what is that, no, you don't know anything that they're meaning or anything they're talking about. So having some form of understanding is always a benefit, to be honest, and anything you can do that. You can find that on Google, you can find that on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It just takes a, a quick 10, 15 minute search, you'll be able to find some of this stuff um, or even get a second opinion from someone else and, and make sure that whoever's doing things for you uh, is giving you the right information and the proper information because no one should be spending 
100,000 and not seeing a return, though they should have saw that happening three months in, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and that part I completely agree with. I think it's, if you're going to have a business, you need to know the foundational aspects of, of anything that you're involved with. However, I don't think that it's worth knowing the, um, the minute tactics of, of how to use that thing. And in that case, yes, you want to delegate that out to someone that has spent years learning the, the subtleties of, of that platform or that tool, um, in which case that's obviously someone like yourself. So, yeah. um, so Chris, where would someone, let's say that they, they're like, okay, they're listening to this and they say, all right, it sounds like it's worth exploring this at the very least exploring, uh, this whole Facebook advertising thing. And it sounds like there's potential here for good return on investment. The analogy that I like to give, and maybe you've heard this before, is if you go to someone like you, it's like having someone build you a magic box. Because what that magic box is, is it's that, that box where you put a dollar into that box and someone like you knows how to build a magic box that that dollar, once you put it in, you reach back into that box and you pull out 10 or 100 or 1,000 or whatever. But you have a, where it makes no sense not to put money into that box because you put money in the box and more money comes back out. Now I know obviously it's not quite as simple as that, but in some ways it is. So what would be the first step? Someone's like, okay, I need someone like Chris who's going to build me a magic box. What's the first step that someone should take if they want to start exploring um, this form of direct response marketing? Uh, that's a good question. I suppose one is, is obviously make sure you can afford to have an agency do it you know just make sure it's something you, know, you don't don't do it that it's to try and save some issue in your business mm. um don't get me wrong an agency can help to a certain extent for that but it's it's an agency is is more worth your time and, and money and effort if you're at a stage where you actually your business is fairly comfortable but you want to push it more you want to expand more you want to have have a better lifestyle or whatever that would be so you can actually hire more people that's when I would say, okay, start using an agency to start producing some of these things for you. Start making your life easier so you're not doing these things yourself, possibly. Um, and making sure that you're, you know, you're generating lots of leads and revenue, hopefully further down the line. So um, if you're at a stage where you want to grow your business, that's when to approach an agency. Now, if you're, if you're doing it as a hobby, um, uh, if you're a small business, then maybe a, an agency is not quite right for you but if it's that we have some companies who we help who are just one-man bands who do it as as a way of extra generating extra revenue because they want mm. to leave their current job and, and make this a success that's what we're trying to help them out with and um, so if you're at that stage we can certainly still help but just make sure in your heart of hearts that you can afford it and that you can dedicate time to it because what normally happens is is people maybe think, okay, we'll try this in two or three months and they'll go, oh, I don't know if I can afford it. I can yeah. afford that now or anymore. But you at least want to engage with an agency. I would say minimum six months, 12 months, you want to at least start to see return. So it's not just a short term yeah. uh, partnership. And that's the way it should be. It should be a partnership. Yeah. You want to make this a long term partnership that's going to generate you what you want further down the line. Um, so it's not a quick fix, but long term, it could be very, very successful. Let's also just quell the, the objection. Oh, 
well, maybe this only works to get people in my local market or maybe, oh, maybe this only works to get people in an international market. Uh, I think you can speak to this. You can most, you can, you can run ads basically anywhere to any market to bring mm -hmm. them to wherever you are. I, I, I well, just want to make sure, sure I'm correct in, in saying that. Yep. No, like yeah. I said, we've got customers. No, I, I'm in the lucky position um, and it's where my agency sort of stands out more from, from other typical marketing agencies out there, um, even the one or two other sort of tourism agencies that have cropped up over the last few years. Mm. Um, is 90, although I'm based in the UK, 90% of my customer base is outside of the UK. So lots in America, all over Europe, New Zealand, Australia. We've, we've even got a, uh, a tour company does expeditions to the North Pole, so there's literally not a corner of the globe that we don't we haven't touched at some point or other. So what that has done is given us really good insights into knowing how different destinations tick, how different mm -hmm. destinations that their customers buy. You know, a customer buying in America is very different from someone in Croatia or Germany or wherever it would be. So we'd have that knowledge. So if you're a business who wants to target America or target one of these destinations, we have a lot of that knowledge in house already. So, but with Facebook, you can target internationally you can target domestically but it's the same with google and seo you can make that as international as domestic as you want but with facebook you can really hone down on, on it so that's where especially now with everything that's going on domestic is going to be bigger going forward outdoor activities is going to be bigger going forward um anything that brings people together and their family and friends that's going to be bigger going forward so that's the type of things that you can target those specifics on facebook and that's what's amazing about it people who have got an upcoming birthday or an anniversary someone who had a, a birthday or an anniversary during the during the lockdowns where they couldn't celebrate properly that's a target audience for a lot of businesses out there to bring those people who couldn't celebrate mm -hmm. properly to their property for a, a stay in a hot with a hot tub and, and celebrate <laughs> properly whatever that would be yeah. so you could do that on facebook um, you could target and, and to give you another quick example this was before we even just focused on tourism uh, we helped a company who was a letting agent. They were looking for people to obviously rent out some of their properties. Mm -hmm. So people who we targeted on Facebook were people who were recently married, people who were engaged, but also people who were recently divorced. Facebook can tell you that information because people will say they're in a relationship with someone as soon as yeah. they say no, they're no longer in a relationship with them. Facebook will know if they've been divorced or separated or whatever. Maybe you can target those people on Facebook. This is how crazy the targeting is. So there is no excuse not to use Facebook and there is no excuse to target absolute specifics. Find your niche market on Facebook and, and focus on them. And that's when you tend to get the better results. Just like my business, I focus purely on the sort of tours and activities market and that's where a lot of my marketing comes from. And that's what I did in my own business and that's what helped me massively grow my business as well. So it's niching down on, on, on those specifics. And I'll touch on that point really quickly as well is when you niche in on that market and you get very clear about who you want in, and utilize that properly with Facebook marketing, it eliminates most of, not, I'm gonna say all, but the majority of the grumpy clients or guests that you've had to deal with in the past. Um, Facebook actually, at least in our experience, it does a pretty good job of filtering out the people that you don't want so that you are booking people that you actually enjoy working with. And that is worth a lot more than just the mm -hmm. cost of the booking. So yeah. Uh, that's what's good about the Facebook funnel about. as well. That is really yeah. good about the Facebook funnel because as you're, as you're taking your customers down that funnel and down the journey, that is literally getting rid of the time wasters as well, mm -hmm. getting to the people who really want to experience what you have. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome point. Well, Chris, um, we should probably wrap this up, but you've definitely delivered some gold for us. And I mean, from my perspective, 
I absolutely think that it makes sense to, to bring on an agency at a certain point. I mean, there's some micro operators out there where it's like, okay, yeah, you definitely want to do some research on your own. And unfortunately that's one of the struggles of being a micro operator in some cases is you do have to do quite a bit on your own until you can start outsourcing. But then when you can, when you can delegate this out, um, there are a few people out there that I would trust this to, but you are one of them. So I definitely want to point anybody that's watching or listening to this. Uh, if you're on the edge, at least give Chris a call, ask him, check out what he's doing, um, see what they can do for you. It's, it's worth having that conversation. Um, so in that train of thought, uh, how do people find you, Chris? So they can find me through the tourismmarketing.agency. Um, which is my main agency website. Um, I also do um, a lot of free advice through my own podcast and video podcast as well as audio podcast called The Digital Tourism Show. I give out so much free advice. Um, if I, I would have been a millionaire if I sold it all by now. <laughs> um, but uh, so there's lots of um, free marketing advice if anyone wants to watch any of that sort of stuff as well, just to get a sense of who I am and um, my knowledge base and that of my team as well sort of thing. So, um, and if they want to email me for any advice, no, chris at tourismmarketing.agency. Okay, awesome. We will put those links in the show notes. So wherever you're listening or watching this, I will put those links in there so they can get directly to you. Awesome, Chris. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, just before we jump off, are there any questions that we should have asked you that we didn't? Oh, that is a, well, you put me on the spot there. That is a yeah. good question. <laughs> Tough one. Um, one thing, I would, yeah, there's one thing I would say is um, for, for your listeners and watchers, is if you are approaching an agency, ask for references. Because mm. um, what will tend to happen, it happens even in my business as well, um, is uh, uh, maybe it's because of the amount of content. People trust me more, I don't know. But people will come to me, they want to take out services and they'll, I've had people purchase my services or, or, my, or that of my agency within a matter of 24 hours, I've, I've less than that. Um, but we'll always ask for references. Show, ask, speak to their, uh, their that agency's own customers, their own clients, um, especially those who have maybe given them good reviews on various platforms, um, just to make sure they're genuine. All these other things as well. Just ask the questions, ask for references, and speak to the people who they've supposedly helped. Um, we offer our references to anyone who gets in touch. We say, look, if you want to, there you go. Speak to speak to a bunch of people. See, to get some, get an idea of what we're like. Um, I'm not saying we, like any other agency in any other business, we don't get it right every single time, but mm. I'm proud to sort of say about well, 90, 90, 99% of our, uh, we've always been on point. So, um, but always ask for references. That would be the, the one thing we'd ought to always say to, to people. Well, the only way that you can say that is if you're, you're doing the right thing. So we appreciate that. All right, Chris, thank you so much again for your time. Uh, like I said, you've dropped a few gold nuggets there. Hopefully people picked up on that throughout the interview. And just repeating again, we're going to include links in the show notes down below so you can find those there. That is all that we've got for today. So uh, any parting words from you there, Chris? No, I just want to say thank you so much for the, for the opportunity. And like I say, if anyone wants uh, to get in touch, even if it's just for some free advice, you know, feel free to get in touch and hopefully help you out. Okay. Appreciate that so much. And if you want to check out any of Chris's stuff, he, he does have some really great free advice. Um, I've taken a look at a number of your, your podcast interviews, articles. Um, he's got a book as well, Lookers Into Bookers. And uh, that's definitely worth it. Which is free at the out. moment. So yeah, if you're into marketing and you're into tourism, then it's, it's the thing to have on your shelf for sure. Okay. Thank you again, Chris. And uh, hopefully we'll speak again soon. Uh, that was great. Thank you so much. Speak Thank to you. Soon.